level, Carpenter After Dark edition here in the basement. It's about 11 o'clock on Thursday evening as I'm having a nightcap to come down from what we just saw at the State Farm Center. Now, I will try not to be dramatic in what will be a shorter episode of the 200 level, but there are some raw feelings, I think, that are going on right now, and it has been a roller coaster of an evening, so I'm going to try to vocalize those while they're fresh. It's not something that after a night's sleep is necessarily going to be there. And I thought, let's get it out. Now, maybe this will be cathartic for you. Maybe you won't bother listening, at which point you aren't even hearing this. Uh, I wouldn't blame you because it's after games like this where I don't really care to read or listen to much Illini media. I need to take a break. And between now and Sunday, a game that we'll get to briefly at the end of this podcast, between now and then, I'm going to think about anything that isn't Illinois basketball because that's kind of a defense mechanism, but right now it kind of makes me sad. Now, I wanted to start, though, with the good news. I care. We all care in a way that we have not for probably 15 years, if we're being honest. And that means something. And this this basketball program means a lot to all of us. I mean, you're listening to this for a reason. You're an Illini Hoops junkie just like I am. So... While I might tweet something, and this is the truth, I tweeted during the second half that it just kind of is what it is. You know, I'm not angry. I'm not shocked by any of what was going on in the second half. And at this point, it's just what this team kind of is. That's all true. But as the game went on, I really wanted to win. And I really wanted to see what would have been the most incredible comeback I have seen there. I mean, the Seton Hall comeback back in 2000 was an entire second-half effort. This was really the last eight minutes of the game. And when you had two chances when you were down two with the ball, I I thought we were actually going to win. I mean, I I can't believe I'm saying that. I actually thought they were going to win in that moment. Well, of course they didn't. But this is a massive missed opportunity. So for all the good that these five years under Brad Underwood have been, the fact that you are relevant in a way that you have not been in a long time. I am greedy. And I recognize, and I recognize this all the more because it's been 17 years since he won a Big Ten title, that you cannot waste these opportunities. Because chances are you won't be 12-4 and next year after your first 16 Big Ten games. Probably won't be. You probably won't be in the hunt for a Big Ten title next year as you undergo a transitional season. So this year was an opportunity, and unfortunately, it looks like they're going to come up short. And even more frustrating, probably one game short. And it might be more than that. Again, the schedule going forward, I don't like the quick turnaround at Michigan. I really don't. After an emotional loss like tonight where you put everything you could back into that comeback, I don't know what you're going to have in the tank mentally. I think Michigan is going to be in a much better spot than you are for that, and a little bit fresher for sure. But this was heartbreaking in some ways, you know, uh, again, not not a shock. But at the same time, if you would have just won the last four games, all of which you would have been favored in, then you were going to get a share of the Big Ten title. And whether or not you shared it with Purdue and they beat you twice, it didn't matter. This was going to be a, a Big Ten title that kind of commemorated three years of really good basketball. So we can recognize the good, but also recognize that you know, being second isn't that much fun. Go back to Dean James' senior year. They got second by a game. And we look at that Penn State loss at home where Rich McBride had the buzzer beater. That wasn't. 
And I remember that distinctly. I remember that pit in my stomach feeling, thinking, oh my God, this is going to come back and bite us. How did this just happen? Unfortunately, in the last three years, it's been two teams that have kept you from regular season Big Ten titles, and almost two teams alone, Maryland and Ohio State. Go back two years ago. Maryland on a Friday night at home, absolutely an electric atmosphere. And actually, you can go back to December when you lost on a buzzer beater at Maryland. So two losses to Maryland and a loss at Ohio State, the second to last game before COVID hit. You miss first place by one game. Last year, a week in January at home where you lose to Maryland and Ohio State you miss out by one game. And I know it was BS. We probably should have gotten a banner, but you didn't. That's not up in the rafters. So it kind of is what it is at this point. And unfortunately, this year it looks like yet again, you will probably finish a game out of first, maybe two, who knows. And you will look back at Maryland, 16-point loss on the road, and this one. It's a frustrating pattern. All the more frustrating because this is an older team. And these sorts of lapses when you have something tangibly in front of you, that makes no sense. And I've said it on this podcast before. I said it after, I think, the Northwestern game, which you won, that I'm going to be okay when some of these guys move on. Thank them for getting the program back to relevancy, but eventually you've seen everything. It kind of, like I said a minute ago, is what it is. And what it is is pretty good. Top 20 in the nation good. I'll take that. Making NCAA tournaments and not sweating out the bubble. That's really good. These are all things that if you would have told me going into the Underwood era, I would have said, you know what? That's honestly good enough for me. And I shouldn't really renege on that. It is, in most ways, good enough for me. Maybe I am placing too much emphasis on these banners, these accomplishments. But the reason that I'm doing that is because I know how hard it is, as most of us do. I look at Isaac and Trevor. They were pretty damn young back in 2005. And I don't know if they really remember the 2000 or 2001 teams. I had the advantage of being in high school. The perfect age for when Illinois basketball, high school and college, when they went on this run. I mean, that's the absolute perfect age as a sports fan. You live and die by your teams, but more often than not, they were making us happy. And more often than not, they were winning the big game, especially in the Big Ten. This is a weird thing for me because... I see a team that is, for all intents and purposes, good enough to win a couple Big Ten titles. And yet, unlike those teams in the early and mid-2000s, there are far too many big game losses. There are plenty of big game wins. So I don't want to say that Brad Underwood is not a big game coach. I, I don't think that's true at all. There have been a lot of big wins that have gotten us excited, just like it did back in the early 2000s. But When they had to close things out, when it mattered, late in the Big Ten season, they did. And unfortunately, this program the last few years, if it's not you know an issue in February, it's an issue in mid-January, and they just can't quite overcome it. This game in a vacuum, frustrating as it is, is not nearly as frustrating as the Maryland game back in January. And that might sound like, well, Jesus, Carp, get over it. That's over a month ago. But I knew then, anyone watching that podcast on Twitch, saw the histrionics as I was flailing my arms like an idiot, foaming at the mouth. And I know Kofi was out, but knowing that you were going to lose to a bad Maryland team, that was going to bite you. And it is. So 
a few things to sift through. I might just do 20 minutes tonight because what can he say? And I got a whiskey drink here that I, I need to have a nightcap. Give me one second here. Ah, there we go. God dang. It was intense in there. It really was. I mean, let me get to the fans in a bit. I'll start with that. First thing first, DPDO. I'm on a DPDO.com. They can deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That is DPDO.com. Fourth and Kirby. I'm on a fourthandkirby.com. Please get a new lucky shirt. I, I think you need one. They do have one inspired by the Pizza Hut thing. And that whole shtick, I wasn't quite as into as other people. But you know what? This is actually a legitimately really good shirt by Fourth and Kirby. So check it out at fourthandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. For all your home exterior projects, yes, I know it was slippery outside and you probably busted your ass leaving the State Farm Center, but it is going to warm up. It is time to start getting that free estimate for a home exterior project at rectorconstruction.com. Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network, partners with the 200 level. And thank you guys for listening. The last couple podcasts, a lot of listeners, the Michigan State win, people were pumped about that. One of the best, or I should say most listened to podcasts we've had in this basketball season. Let's get to tonight. I mentioned the fans right before I hit the sponsors. You know, the Orange Crush, they're kids. I'm not going to begrudge kids. I remember when Iowa came here in 2006. It was senior night for Dean James, and we lit into Greg Bruner on Iowa just with the most vulgar, awful things. When you're kids and you've had a few things to drink, that's fun to do. I'm guessing it was a well-lubricated orange crush. The EJ sucks thing. You know, I'm not going to do old man yells at cloud. I did tweet about it. I even tagged the orange crush in it. You can't always control what your fan base is going to say, right? Well, EJ Liddell is not Eric Gordon. Now, of course, I'm frustrated that EJ didn't come here because you probably have two Big Ten titles if he did, right? I mean, at least two. Well, he didn't. And you've had time to overcome that and and try to fill that four spot, and you've had some issues with that. EJ wasn't the reason you lost tonight. I mean, it was Branham. He is an absolute stud. But the whole EJ sucks thing, and then F-U-E-J, and... um, it, it almost took on the tone of the Eric Gordon game back in 2007, which I remember well. I was in the student section, in the in B section behind one of the baskets. And to this day, it's one of my favorite State Farm Center, I should say, Assembly Hall memories. It was vulgar, but whatever. It's sports. So I'm, I'm torn between, on one hand, eh, whatever, it's sports. And on the other hand, tonight there were moments where we felt like that inferiority complex was just coming right to the top, right? And... I get the frustration because I felt it too, but in, in some ways we felt small tonight. I'll give you another example. The Brad Underwood ejection and then him pumping up the crowd on the way out. You know, oddly enough, the ejection didn't bother me so much, but there was something about pumping up the crowd on the way out and listen, it's sports, it's entertainment, and it surely was entertaining, but it was at that moment that it it hit me like, oh my God, a, a ton of bricks that... This is the last tool in his toolbox. This is all he's got right now because the team just is not responding. So he's got to do this. And at that moment, I thought, Jesus Christ, has it come to this? A must-win game at home to keep pace for a share of the Big Ten title against a team that you've had some really good games against in recent history, really tight games. You knew it was probably going to be a battle. And it came down to that? 
Brad Underwood having to pump up his own team with one of those, you know, not fake ejections, but basically a, a forced ejection. He wanted to get ejected. We've seen this before, and I guess it kind of worked, but I don't know if causation and correlation are the same thing here. I don't think him getting ejected is the reason Illinois came back. I think because they were playing like a chicken with its head cut off and Ohio State is not great at closing games, that's why you came back, not an ejection. And that was two more points that unfortunately, come the end of the game, you could have used. So I'm sorry, you know, (laughs) them playing that on a loop on the scoreboard, it got the crowd pumped up and it is entertainment. I get that. But we felt like a team that had a huge chip on its shoulder, and sometimes that's a good thing. But when you know what the stakes are and you got a bunch of 22- and 23-year-olds, fifth-year seniors, guys like Kofi that are preseason All-Americans, and that's the kind of effort you put forth against Ohio State at home, at that moment, more than any moment before in that game, it really hit me. What the hell are we doing here? It's got to be better. Another thing, too. The everyday guys thing, this team is not. They are wildly inconsistent. And while we do see these moments where they play their butts off, and that's great, we see these extended moments of basketball where they do not. Now, I did have a tweet tonight saying, I don't know if it's so much of an effort thing as it is that they got Brandon and Liddell and we don't. And it might be as simple as that sometimes. There was a long stretch in that game where I didn't think that we could get a stop. But if you think about it, those guys were going to get theirs, and we kind of knew that going in. Kyle Young outplaying Kofi Coburn is a travesty. And I know Kofi had maybe one or two foul calls that weren't good, maybe just like the Purdue game. That is not National Player of the Year stuff. It's certainly not Big Ten Player of the Year stuff. He'll be Big Ten first team. But a lot of the issue I've had with Kofi this year is what I felt like, maybe not a regression in terms of skill, but a regression in terms of the intangible factors. I remember a long stretch of last year, and I'm sure that a healthy Andre Corbello and Io DeSumo had a lot to do with this, but Kofi was better a sophomore year. And while the box scores may look like he's matching or exceeding his point and rebound totals, we see it. We know it. It's not the same. This is not a guy that's going to lead you to a Final Four. It's going to have to come elsewhere. And let's be honest, this is not a Final Four team. I I hope at this point that they can make a second weekend and, and just give us... Another week to look forward to a basketball game. Stretch this thing out. Take the season as long as you can. But Andy Katz, <laughs> I know he loves the Big Ten and he's a shill for it. This team is not a Final Four team. And I will mark, I will timestamp this at 1438 or whatever it is on, on this podcast on February 24th and come back to it if needed. I would love to be eating crow, but they just aren't. And it starts with Kofi. When you get outplayed by Kyle Young, as an Ohio State fan of mine said, um, in a text to me, Kyle Young's been playing on two bum legs. His knees are shot. He's six foot eight. Outplayed Kofi Coburn. I mean, that's kind of the crux of it. Before we get into officials and how many free throws Ohio State shot, how about we start with the fact that your best player was non-existent when it mattered. Five for 15 for a guy that plays in the paint, not good. Whether that's Kofi or Sean Pruitt, that's not good. I would have taken a Sean Pruitt performance tonight, and you would have won. Didn't even get that. That is first and foremost, before I even get to the officials. The officials were not good, 100%. No college basketball game should go two and a half freaking hours. I shouldn't be here at 11.15, having just got home 30 minutes ago, and I'm not going to pull the whole, well, I should have had coffee beforehand. Listen, I'm going to be tired and groggy tomorrow at school. That's just how it is. (laughs) I'll take it. I mean, it's fun to go to these basketball games. I wouldn't have it any other way, but... 
No freaking college basketball game that ends in regulation should go two and a half hours. That's another travesty. Jesus Christ, officials, get your hands on this game. Have control over it. They didn't. It was one of the weirdest games. There was no flow to it. It was an absolute mess. I think even Ohio State fans would mention that. And even Ohio State fans towards the end, I mean, they were letting them play. And then there was a somewhat ticky-tack foul on DeMonte. There was the no call on Trent. Just the inconsistency is maddening. These guys suck at their jobs. And I think we can call it what it is. And I know that they have full-time jobs outside of it. But for the amount of money that the Big Ten especially is making, for them to have this crop of officials is a joke. And I think most coaches in the Big Ten would say that I'm not going to blame this loss on the officials. They had a hand in it. But they also let you play, which led to this crazy comeback. I mean, there were plenty of moments where Coleman could have picked up his fifth foul before he did, and they let it go. They let Illinois get a little bit handsy and get some turnovers. No, Kofi's a bigger problem than the officials, right? This team's inability to match the intensity of another team. When you have the title on the line, Ohio State is going to need a lot of help, right? You were the team that should have come out with a fire under your butt, and you didn't. Well, let me rephrase. You came out, and thanks to Alfonso Plummer, you took the 13-point lead. But if you really think about it, kind of like the Northwestern game, maybe we should have seen that lack of intensity earlier. Three-point shooting was masking it. When that went away, Ohio State went on basically a, a spree where they outscored you by 30 points over the middle 20 minutes of that game. So it's not just that you weren't playing great. It's that you were playing absolute dog crap basketball. That's inexcusable. And as I'm talking about this, I'm getting more upset than I was at the actual game because it happened so quickly, but at the same time, I wasn't at all shocked. So you just kind of sit there despondent in your seat. What the hell am I going to do? I'm not going to lose my voice for this team that decides to do this yet again when it matters the most. You know, the shades of the Loyola game, and I've mentioned that before, the number that that game did on our psyche, but you know what? This is just like the, the stretch against Ohio State Maryland last year. And you can pick any number of other games and like 15 other games where when this team loses, it's not just that you lose. It's that often you look so out of sorts for such a long time that you wonder how the hell was this team 12 and four in the Big Ten to begin with? Maybe that speaks to Brad Underwood's coaching ability. I think we got the right coach. He's the guy that I want leading the program. I feel really good about it. But you can hold two truths at the same time. One of them being we got the guy and the other one being, boy, I sure would like to win a title when it's right there in front of you. So I started this podcast by saying missed opportunity, and that's essentially what this is. Let me take another sip of my drink, please. Thank you. There we go. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to get like five hours of sleep tonight. I got a good lesson planned for the kids tomorrow, so I think they're going to be okay. Um, They know what to do. And then, I'll hey, listen, like Warren Zevon said, we'll sleep when we're dead, right? I don't know, guys. It's just a weird mix of emotions, you know, kind of this melancholic feeling, and that's the kind of thing sports can give you. As I was saying to my friend Kenton at the game tonight, when I wasn't really emoting as Ohio State went up 16, I just sat back in my seat, was texting with some friends, and, you know, just saying, listen, I got to detach. And like I said before, it's half self-defense, but it's half because this isn't all that shocking. And I hate that it's not shocking that something like this happened. So what's next? Again, this is going to be a short podcast. Going to get out of here so I can start to wind down and get ready for school tomorrow. But what's next? Michigan's going to be a problem. This is a quick turnaround. You laid everything out there. I mean, the comeback effort was fantastic. I'm going to give them that. 
but also, you know, you don't get an award for second place, right? There's not a banner for that. And there's not a banner for, no, oh, you almost beat him. You almost came back, but you didn't. I mean, just imagine if you didn't come back against Arizona in 05. We aren't going to hang an Elite Eight banner. So really, it's, it's like that game, all the good karma was expended in that comeback against Arizona. And the fact you got to the Final Four, it seems like ever since then, we're constantly chasing, right? And it can be so aggravating because you're so damn close. And ah, you're just always one game away, one moment away. So while the comeback was great, I even thought during that comeback, man, even if we win, we aren't winning Sunday. And it's almost like you can project it. And I hope they prove me wrong. And there's still an outside shot that you could get some help. And Wisconsin loses at Rutgers. And then Wisconsin beats Purdue. Maybe Michigan State beats Purdue on Saturday. Probably not. We're finding out Michigan State is just not great right now as we saw against Iowa and even against Illinois. It's not dead yet, but it's close. And um, that's the big takeaway I have tonight. I mean, it's it was right there in front of you, and you didn't grab it when you could have. 13-point lead at home in a must-win game, and I know there were 30 minutes of game action left, but that's something you have got to get into a groove and do your thing. Kofi missing about eight bunnies in the first half was an absolute killer. And it sounds like I'm piling on, but that's not good enough. It's just not. He's not an NBA player. We all know that by this point. He's going to have a decision to make after this year. He won't be drafted. He's not on any, any draft board, not anywhere near it. Do you come back and get your national, or sorry, name image likeness money, which he could certainly do and make a lot of money doing that. Or does he want to go pro? And that would probably mean going overseas or in the G League. He doesn't owe Illinois a damn thing, right? He has put it all out there. So when I criticize Kofi's game, it's less to do with him as a person or him as a player, but it's the fact that at the end of the day, you know, now that money has come into this thing and, and all the accolades that were thrown on him before the season, you got to rise to the occasion when it matters. And now we got the Arizona game, the Purdue game at home, and this. And if you win two of those games, this entire season has a different complexion. Instead, we're sitting here on February 24th, still wondering what the hell is this season? That's a weird feeling. Is it good? Yes. Is it pretty damn good? It's pretty damn good. Is it great? No. And it had a chance to be, and maybe it still does, but eventually time runs out. And I feel like this team, their time's running out. And for all the frustrations that the last three years have had, um, and, and I want to say it's been good, punctuated by frustration. Mostly good, punctuated by frustration. I don't know if there's been a moment that's more just what the hell was that than what we saw tonight. Other than the Loyola game, and we don't need to speak of that all too much, but in the Big Ten, at least, tonight might have been the most what the hell was that of them all. And now you're setting a game out of first, and you don't control your own destiny, and you need some help. And not only that, but now you have an extremely tough matchup at Michigan. Diabate is back. Michigan has one more day of rest. They didn't have an emotional win over Rutgers. They are playing for their tournament lives, and they have the mental advantage going into this game, and probably the physical advantage too. We saw how tough it was back in early January against these guys. I don't know. I don't feel great about it. I'm going to have to decide if we're going to do a live pod on Sunday because... For one, a lot of the wind is out of our sails right now as a fan. Can we be honest? I mean, that, that game against Michigan, I thought you win tonight, and then if you beat Michigan, you're winning a Big Ten title. And I think most of us would have agreed with that. But now other things have to happen, and maybe if 
Purdue loses on Saturday and Wisconsin loses this weekend too against Rutgers on the road, which they could, then yeah, we're right back into it. But I mean, damn, I, I could have band practice on Sunday too. And like you're thinking, well, car, but you know, you could have band practice any day. That's true, but Sundays work out well for us. And I just don't think Sunday's gonna go well. You know, I think it's right there in front of us. It just it's not not a good situation any way you dice it. So we're gonna wake up tomorrow in the haze of whatever the hell this was tonight and think, oh boy, that's that's probably not good either. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, right? But while that was a crazy comeback and it was an electric atmosphere, when the dust is settled, it was a massively, massively missed opportunity. And this team has had a few of them this year. And unfortunately, probably a few too many. All right, I said this would be a short podcast, so I'm going to go play the Simpsons arcade game and decompress and try to get five hours of shut-eye. We'll see if I do. In the meantime, I hope you stay safe and stay healthy. I mean, listen, if there's anything we've learned in the last 24 hours, there are bigger fish to fry. I mean, what's going on in Ukraine is, well, it's a world away. It's still scary and unprecedented in a lot of ways. So, you know, today has just been a weird day, hasn't it? If we're being quite honest about it. And that game was the perfect cherry on top of the turd Sunday. On top of almost busting my ass walking out of the State Farm Center today on the icy sidewalks. I hate winter. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But before I get too negative, let me remind you. DPDO, online at dpdo.com. They will deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. While it's still kind of crappy outside, please tip your delivery drivers well. You should anyways, but especially in these conditions, at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Vintage inspired one eye apparel. You better get a new lucky shirt because this team needs it. They do. Go to fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior projects, rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for all your life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. All right. Everybody, stay safe. Stay healthy. It was fun in some ways tonight, um, but ultimately it wasn't. So I'm trying to think of some sort of melancholic title for this podcast, but hopefully it was somewhat cathartic for you. There is a weird mix of emotions, and I think we all need a 48-hour break. Unfortunately, we don't get long, and unfortunately, this team doesn't get long before they get back. So in the meantime, hey, watch a good movie, listen to some good music. If you can, play the Simpsons arcade game. That's what I do to chill out. And we will see you Sunday, whether it's live or not. And I I am going to decide that, and I'll let you guys know on Twitter. But I will be back either Sunday or Monday for a podcast. And um, I'm leaning Monday, to be honest with you. Then again, I'd like to hang out with Trevor and Isaac. We haven't done a podcast in a while, so maybe, I don't know. I'll let you guys know. Anyway, everybody, take care, and I will see you soon. It is the 200 level. Thank you.